Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast End of Season Bonanza It's that time of year again where the good brothers assemble and dish out imaginary awards to the best and brightest in Scottish football My name is Craig Telford and I'll be hosting today's proceedings Craig Fowler would normally present this show but he's currently pilled up on some March Stag weekend in Benidorm so you're having to make do with a lower league nonce instead. I'm joined by three men, good and true, of varying stature, and I'm going to introduce you to them one by one. We'll start with this man first because we're recording this podcast in his house. We've all seen his erect penis, it's Craig Cairns. Oh. <laughs> Our second guest love of the beautiful game we call football is only matched by his burning hatred of Maggie Thatcher, it's Graham Thewlis. Hello, how are we doing? And last Still and dead Still dead <laughs> she is, She's dust in the wind And last And by all means least It's Cocky Cockles The Big Cock It's Gary Cocker I'm not even drinking I'm, <laughs> ab- I'm absolutely losing it Hello Brilliant Excellent Glad, glad to see you uh, Joining the show today lads And we've got 11 awards To present today So let's start with Something positive This is the MVP um, if you're not American, uh, MVP means most valuable player And it's awarded to the player who, pound for pound, has given the most to their team The four min- nominees are Chris Boyd of Kilmarnock Christoph Berra at Heart of Midlothian Glenn Kamara at Dundee And David Templeton of Hamilton Academical Guys, who is the Scottish Premiership's MVP 17-18? I have the feeling that Gary may have some strong views on this So he can, he can lead us off Maybe I do, maybe I don't, <laughs> who's to say? Um, I am going to go totally true to form here And just blindly pick the Dundee player, Glenn Kamara um, If you look at the games that Dundee played without him Dundee were absolute relegation candidates We were candidates anyway But we would have been nailed on, relegated without him in the middle um, I was tempted by Christoph Berra purely because of the fact that he brought that solidity to the Hearts back line they had was it nine, ten clean sheets in a row? Yeah, without the one resident Jambo here. Nine, I think it was. Yeah, so you, you could argue that without him, Hearts wouldn't have made the top six. Um, so they wouldn't have been in, 
in yeah, any trouble. Yeah. Um, Kelly wouldn't have been in any bother either, I suppose, with Templeton. If he wasn't there for Ake's, you could argue that they would have gone down, but they would have signed some bloke from the Turkish third division who would have probably come in and scored seven goals. And then they released them. They would have released yeah, them released match. them without any word about <laughs> yeah. it at and all. And then maybe signed them again. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it's got to be Glenn Kamara. His contributions to Dundee, keeping Dundee up, um, and the fact that he's probably going to be sold to some Mark Championship team in the summer for about one and a half million. I do enjoy that he is also a full Finnish internationalist now. Yeah. He didn't get while he was at Arsenal, but now he's at Dundee, he's now a full international for Finland, yeah, which is naturally. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Um, there is talk of him hopefully signing a contract extension, which would purely be for money. Yeah. For us. Um, so I would go with Kamara, but I could be persuaded otherwise. Well, that's a fairly, so open up to the that's a fairly compelling argument. We'll jump to you, Craig, as you, you support Hartman Lothian. We all know that. That's not a problem. But what is it with Christoph Berra? <laughs> would you, what you mean, would you stick up for him? Was he was he better option than Kamara? Um, well, I'm actually, my, I'll talk about uh, Berra for a little bit, but I would actually probably argue Boyd for this award. But um, Berra was definitely a decent shout, deserves the nomination, as Gary said, a big part of Hearts' clean sheet run. Has uh, helped bring Suter on quite a fair bit. Um, he's he had a little bit of a poor spell towards the end of the season. There, um, the game at Fir Park when we went out of the cup, he was he was bullied for the first time in the season, I think. And then he had a few games after that. I think it was just after that where he had a where he wasn't quite up to scratch because he was concussed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> there was a spell where he probably shouldn't have been in the team because of injury. Yeah, brain looked a but um, other than that, yeah, I remember uh, there was a news story broke midway through the season about a meteor uh, possibly <laughs> coming towards Earth, and Robert Borthwick tweeted, "It's fine, Christoph Berra will head it away," and that kind of <laughs> summed up his season. So yeah, he's he's definitely deserving of his nomination, but I think it's hard to look past Chris Boyd in this uh, top scorer, um, completely rejuvenated under Clark. And uh, not just a goal scorer, as Craig Anderson pointed out, I think on the previous pod, if not the one before that, um, what's kind of underrated about him is how he kind of takes the ball in, holds it up and sets up other players. And I think there was also, uh, no jokes please Craig, but a 2.1 article recently about Boyd. (laughs) Or Scope, uh, (laughs) as they deserve to be called. He scored and assisted something like 40% of Kilmarnock's goals this season, which is higher than anybody else in the league. So my shout is Chris Boyd. While we're sticking with uh, Scope magazine, uh, apparently if you send Graham Ruffin uh, a follow on Twitter, you get a message back saying check out his Facebook page. I think this is from a while back. I believe this is from a while back. No, he's still pretty... uh, Somebody shared it again recently. Pretty pretty poor behaviour, but not to be... uh, (laughs) Nothing surprised you with that boy anymore. Uh, Graham, uh, who who would you add Uh, to these guys? I will talk briefly about David Templeton on the basis that somebody should talk about David Templeton. Um, Once again... It's, we're now back at the point of the season where I start defending Aki's for reasons I'm not entirely clear on because they're terrible to watch. Lanarkshire loyalty. Not a bit of it. Um, <laughs> however, what I would say is that they fully deserve credit. Again, uh, Martin Canning fully deserves credit. Again. And I know it's, we make the running joke of, yeah, of course, they'll have a player that they'll sign from somewhere that you've never heard of that will score their goals and keep them up. Fine. But they still stay up. They still stay up with the tiny budget in the league after they give away a million pounds to a Nigerian bank fraud. And they still stay up. And Templeton this year has been such a huge part of that. Um, he reappears in the season. Start of the season was decent, was fine. But he reappears at the point of the season where they desperately start needing results. And he's the guy that's scoring goals off Leo Fassan's face. 
Um, he's providing the goals. He is he has reinvented himself as sort of a more attacking player rather than just a winger because presumably he can't run as much as he used to anyway. But he looks a far better player now than he ever did at Hearts. I think it's fair to say as well, and he contributes far more. Someone you would imagine, other than Aki's, given that he has been released now um, and hasn't signed a contract, the surely another Premiership team will take a yeah, punt on him. Absolutely, there was the, the Aki's chairman said that they'd made the, as big an offer as they could to David Templeton, which you would imagine will be about as big an offer as they've made to any player that they've ever had, um, and that sort of that, that very much highlights his, his contribution to Aki's and how important he is. Not as much as they offered that fraudster. Though. No, not at all. Not at all. What they should have done is uh, split his contract into twenty different bank accounts, and then it would have been fine. <laughs> However, that said, um, I my vote's Chris Boyd um, because for for all the reasons that Craig highlighted as well. But the drop into that as well. You have guys like Eamon Brophy, who is in his first full-time season, really. He was in and out of the Aki's team. He came on as a substitute, scored goals at Parkhead and did airplane celebrations. At 7-1 down. At 7-1 down. <laughs> but the way in which you, you look at Brophy and how he's gone from being, he's just a body there, which who comes on for 10 minutes to run about, to now being a key part of Kamarnock's team and a key part of Kamarnock's squad. And then in addition to that, the way he deals with Lee Erwin as well and helps him through the game. A guy who... Looked raw at Motherwell but had talent, went to Leeds, never really played, went to Oldham, did okay. But he's come back to Scotland in a way that so many players do. And you wonder when the players come back whether they're going to kick on or whether they're going to drop off and end up with the greatest respect to, to our good brother here in League Two. He's um, running shit. And, <laughs> but just work his way down the pyramid um, because he can't quite hack at that level. But the way in which Boyd's brought him into the game and also Clark deserves credit for that as well. But yeah, Chris Boyd's very much my vote for the MVP. And as well as you say, he's a top scorer. So, well, big congratulations then to Chris Boyd. You are the Terrace Podcast MVP 1718. Now, in the movie Knocked Up, an overweight and unattractive Seth Rogen somehow manages to have sexual relations with Catherine Heigl and starts a family with her. <laughs> he was punching above his weight in that movie. And on a similar note, I will now ask which Scottish Premiership manager has punched above his weight this season. You see where I was going with that? The four nominees are Stevie Clark at Kilmarnock. Stephen Robertson, who's Stephen Robertson? That's the guy I work with. Stephen Robinson <laughs> at Motherwell, Neil Lennon at Hibernian, and I check I've written this down right. Brendan Rodgers of Celtic. Um, let's put that out there. Uh, Craig Cairns, we'll start with you. Who do you think is the most overachieving manager this season? Yeah, let's take Rodgers out of that right away. I mean, why is he in? It's hard to take. It's hard to play down what an achievement to trebles is, regardless of the lack of competition. We know what cup competitions can be like. One decision can go against you, especially if you're a Celtic fan. One decision can go against you and you can be out the cup or whatever. So for them to do that twice in a row, uh, two years in a row, uh, and obviously uh, they had the invincible season last season, they didn't quite live up to it this season. So I think, we, sorry, they, didn't, they were never going to live up to that again. But they, they kind of stuttered at certain points this season in the league. Um, so because uh, the bar set so tremendous. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. But um, well, they won it by was it nine points in the end? It's not huge. I mean, it's it's still that never looked in doubt. No. Uh, but there were a few points where they, they got quite a few draws after playing in Europe and things like that. The, the thing um, that's most impressive with Celtic for me, and again on Brendan Rodgers, he's not going to win this award. But just the lack of mistakes that they make, it's a course of over two seasons now. And that's with Boyata and the team. Yeah, like they they, they lost the the League Cup against Ross County. Um, they lost in the league up because I got in Strasbourg because Ambrose brought a player down in the box, and yeah. it's one of those things that you just snatch and you grab at somebody because it's an instinctive thing, and you get a player sent off, and then the game falls apart for you. But to have not done that essentially for two seasons is incredible. At the point where it matters domestically, 
they've all they've just don't, they just don't make mistakes. Yeah, you saw Brown in the huddle before the Motherwell yeah, Cup final, yeah, just basically going, "We're going to go out and win this, by yeah. the way, lads." And they just came flying out the traps. Yeah. And the difference between that Celtic and the Celtic which lay down to let Aberdeen get second the week yeah. before was night and day. It happened. That's not a lie. Um, but no, Rogers <laughs> for me shouldn't be. There, for very good. Game. So we take, out, we take out Brendan Rodgers. Very difficult between Clark, the three. Robinson, and Lynn. Who, right, we'll start, Gary. I'll start with you. Uh, who would you make the case for? For me, it's got to be Robinson for a few reasons. One, and Graham will probably correct me here, but I can't think of too many players in the current Motherwell team who were there last season. So he's completely rebuilt the team this year. I think with eleven take, signings we had to come in. So I think of all the signings he's made, I think only Petrovicius, who was a freebie, um, yeah. yeah, is probably. A nailed on failure basically plumber he's pretty young he's pretty young I don't think he was brought to be uh, a first team regular right away yeah Yeah. but yeah I mean you're right I mean who else Hendry and Plummer as well Plummer's been unlucky that his leg fell off so you know like you really are Hendry who? Steve Hendry left back oh of course yeah 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 oh he had a nightmare debut didn't he and then we barely saw him again but again even he contributed a little bit in some of the other games as well he got his big break you might say yeah exactly he also fucking loves himself so if you think about everyone else Carson massive success they'll sell him for a lot of money Dunn, Aldred, Kipre that's a back three totally new Yep, Hartley too who's just been unlucky with injury um, Campbell's been brought like through Campbell on, yeah. yep. um, Cadden's still going from strength to strength as well you lose Louis Mole most teams this season would you know, if you lost your big talisman at striker you'd be shafted but he just brought on another one in Curtis Main um, been to Hamden five times yeah, two one, cup finals two cup finals and playing Queen's Park so <laughs> cheating a little bit there but who else can claim that um, two cup finals narrowly missed out on top six on a pretty small budget um, and then just all of the you know, the general feeler in the club's totally transformed from the last few seasons too. Um, so I probably made the case that you would have made anyway. So you, you would I've certainly, made, up here, certainly but... made the case for Robinson that I would have made. Um, I would make a case for Neil Lennon on the basis that I think the Hibs team this year has been absolutely sensational. Um, they started off the season, so when as soon as they got promoted, Lennon had claimed that they will finish second. And I think every single one of us laughed on the basis that, you're not going to finish second, that's ridiculous. You've just been promoted, you can't do that. And then as the season wore on, First half of the season, they sort of ground it out. They did fine. Second half of the season, bearing in mind that all the plans that Lennon made fell apart when they went away on a training camp because Anthony Stokes decided that setting off fire extinguishers was a laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he had to tear up his team and start again. Essentially, Simon Murray got put out on loan, so that was he was gone. Scott Allen drops into his lap as well, a player who at Dundee had had ups and downs, um, had very good games, sort of one in five, probably fair, yeah. um, something along those lines. Um, and instead of that brought in McLaren and Canberry and then became the best team in the country for the like the final five months of the season they were absolutely sensational um, how they managed to and that, that goes down to the very last minutes of the season and they ended up 5-5 five, five with a last minute goal I mean that's a Hibs team which we've seen and Lennon doing an, I just can't get the image of him doing an airplane <laughs> running towards the but actually not he's running towards the Rangers fans realising what he's doing and then trying to cover up <laughs> just can't get that image out of my head I absolutely love it it was such a great end to as you say a brilliant season for yeah. him and this is them as a newly promoted team as yeah. well and you, um, like, it's, it's, it's sort of, we've said this numerous times and it was something that was Hibs sort of, through Stubbs Hibs mentality seemed to change a little bit they still struggled to get out of the division Lennon came in they became a much more sort of a ground and pound outfit got themselves out of the championship fine let's get out of here and then we'll take on next season and what they are now is just unbelievable um I do actually feel really sorry for guys like Tony who have been away 
and he's only he's never seen he was saying on the podcast he's never seen this Hibs team uh, in the flesh I think it's a real shame for for football like that to be fair he's been in Thailand like not too hard to feel sorry for him true very true but the, the that Hibs team has it's been absolutely wonderful um, and it's the sort of thing which that last game was Hibs in a nutshell this season and they are brilliant they still have weaknesses and still have flaws but they don't fold like they would have done previously they now come back yeah. and then the, with minutes to go in the game they score a goal which sees a manager get chucked into the stand for no reason Now as a, somebody who doesn't really follow Premiership football as much from an outsider I would have thought Steve Clark would have been a real one for this a, I was about to take a, award, make an argument for him because uh, I think we might have to go for, to our first tiebreaker and I'm not going to rehash um, Oh no I don't, I don't think we will because I know I'm going to vote I just wanted to make a case oh, right, okay. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to um, rehash the things that have been said endlessly about Steve Clark, but one of the things I want to point out is that uh, his record against Rangers and Celtic has been yeah, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I don't have the, the the figures to hand right now, but what they've have they lost since he's come in? It's only like three beat, games. Beat Rangers home away. Yeah, um, and they they got a couple of draws against. They, they beat Celtic at home. Yep. They drew with them at Celtic Park twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice they drew with them at Celtic Park. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's record against. Them. I mean, it, the only stumbling block he's had really is well, the teams he struggled against has been Hibs and Aberdeen. Hibs, as you just say, have been phenomenal oh, yeah. this season, and um, Aberdeen have just they just beat Kilmarnock. They've beaten Kilmarnock for years. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how well Kilmarnock are doing. Are doing. Aberdeen will turn up and beat them. Uh, so the only point of the season where it sort of fell down was when there was there was nothing left. There was no reason to turn up and play. And even at that, they weren't playing badly. Even they then, they went to South Park. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I think just weren't getting the results. Yeah, they they really could have uh, got to the semi final against Motherwell as well. Yeah. And that would have been a fascinating yeah. semi final because uh, then it would have been the hot. It would have then been a fascinating final of Kilmarnock taking on Celtic as well. Because I, I don't yeah. think Motherwell would have beaten Kilmarnock. Um, I, I think Kilmarnock would have won the game. Not comfortable, I think it would have been a great contest, it would have been good. Um, but I think Kilmarnock, Steve Clark in the final against Celtic, That's that then becomes a very, very interesting, yeah. very, very yeah. interesting matchup as well. Yes. Can we get a, a vote then, Craig Cairns? I'm going to go with Clark, I'm going to sound like a Killy fanboy here, but I'm going to go with Steve Clark. You're going with Robinson? I'm going to go with Robinson because I've I, I got to stay on brand. You know what? <laughs> I believe in democracy, so I'm going with Lennon. point out that Robinson took, um, just before you do, sorry Craig, before you do, Robinson took Motherwell to two cup finals and that's a team that has barely got past the third yeah. round yeah. in the last we, 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 eight years or something. I think we've games this year than we have in the past like, 10 combined. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, according to the people at the Terrace supporters that voted on the Twitter poll for the tiebreaker, Steve Clark won the fans' vote. So it is Steve Clark that is the Terrace podcast most overachieving manager at 1718. You call it actually the Seth Rogen Award. There is a problem with that though. Because as we know from that film, what goes up must come down. So, yeah, there's a problem now. So, come on, like, next season are doomed. Okay. <laughs> Especially when Steve Clark's given another job yeah. somewhere what else. Goes up, what goes up must come down. That's when science. Darren Moore's sacked yeah. from, uh, after a poor start to the season at West Brom and then uh, he's taken back there. Science, mate. Science. <laughs> Signings. Signings are arguably one of the most exciting aspects about supporting football. Club and nothing pops this old Mark harder than a signing turning out to be really good. So, brothers, <laughs> who has been the best signing in this? Sorry, this strongbow's going right to my head. So <laughs> um, who has been the best signing in the Scottish Premiership this season? Our four nominees are Christoph Berra at Heart of Midlothian, Trevor Carson at Motherwell, Yusuf Malumbu at Kilmarnock, and Jack Hendry of Dundee. 
Dundee version of Jack Henry. Oh, not the Celtic one. Not the Celtic one. <laughs> not the Celtic Not the bench warmer. See, I might have checked. See, at Dundee, did he also wear child size shorts? Yeah, the Celtic, if Celtic very much no, he's, he's got legs like a giraffe it's quite yeah. disconcerting to watch yeah. him run because it feels like his top half was it just after spending yeah. some time with Ollie McBurney away and I've started doing that at fives by the way, like, high shorts low socks it's the way to go it makes my legs look fucking massive <laughs> well Graham who would you pick from the four nominees who would you pick as you're signing this got to stay, as I say you got to stay on brand um, the, a huge part of uh, Motherwell's resurgence this year has been from the back four or the back five as a whole um, but the difference that Carson makes to that team is unbelievable. We had the, we had essentially our, our strongest back five, minus or we had a back five with the defenders, and then Carson behind them, is 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 fantastic. At Partick Thistle, we had that same team, but we had Russell Griffiths in behind, and suddenly we conceded three goals in forty five minutes. We were abs- and it was just things going straight through. It was unbelievable, and. He doesn't just do. I always take the view that if, if my goalkeeper's competent, then that's all. I'm, that's all I'm really looking for. Comes and takes cross balls, uh, makes some, makes decent, makes saves he should make. That's that's all I would really expect from him. Carlson does that very, very comfortably. He makes very, very few mistakes apart from when he picks the ball up outside the box at, at, at uh, McDermott Park. But he makes one. Like, he, make, he doesn't make mistakes. He does the things he's meant to do. But then also, in addition to that, does things that I don't understand, like the. The save he made from Tierney in the in the second of the trilogy against Rangers, I still don't know how it didn't go in. He was eight yards out, hit it as hard as he could hit it, and Carson still managed to hit it into the ground and over the. Over oh, the bar. is that the one? Yeah, where he kind of uh, yeah, it yeah. kind of bounces into the ground. Yeah, yeah. And you can you see him turn round quickly, yeah. to see where he, yeah. and then instantly he goes and that's his defense yeah. rather than kind of celebrating. <laughs> yeah, the just, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, his and uh, the difference after having like. Ten years, ever, ever since Randolph left, we've had just a series of shit goalkeepers. Twardzik, Samson, Samson, Lee Hollis, Gunnar Nielsen, all these utter humpties. Gunnar Nielsen, holy fuck! He was really <laughs> handsome. He was, he was the most handsome Faroese player I've ever had, but he was utterly, <laughs> ter- he was utterly terrible. Um, he also got mugged off by Cristiano Ronaldo once. So very good. Um, but Carson is absolutely fantastic. He cost next to fuck all. He's come in. He's been fantastic. We're going to sell him for a lot of money. Fantastic. I similarly will stay on brand <laughs> and make an argument to Jack Hendry. Um, I was listening to Dundee did a Meet the Manager event last week um, and they put it online, so it seemed pretty pointless getting a ticket. Just watch it online later. Um, and Neil McCann said, I think that they signed Jack Hendry on the basis of seeing him on Y Scout in a few games because um, he was asked a question about scouting networks, etc. Um, How did Hartsnow end up with him then? God knows. Um, I think I was only half listening because I was doing something else at the time, but I think he said basically we saw him on Y Scout, we heard about him when he was at Thistle, and that was enough. And he turned a guy who'd done basically nothing since he left Thistle, went down to Wigan, played a few games for them, and six months later got one and a half million for him. And one of the things that Dundee needs to get better at doing is selling people on for money um, because Dundee have a pretty sketchy practice of not really getting money for players um, not really having players that are worth anything and so, budgeting for things that are without your reach yeah it's okay that, with your reach those or... magic beans are going to sprout into a beanstalk <laughs> one day just you wait and see um, but until then selling the likes of Jack Hendry on which then allows you to reinvest in things mm-hmm. I say reinvest and spend money Kamara on. may be the next one yeah Kamara is going to be the next one Stephen Cocker is going to go to somebody mm-hmm. stupid someone like Rosenberg's apparently won um, so based from a purely business point of view Jack Hendry was a fantastic acquisition. Sold him on for a million and a half six months later. Defensively, he was our best option. Um, he's already a Scotland cap as well. 
So it doesn't count though because it wasn't when you were, it wasn't when he was a done Dundee player, so no. I'm having it. <laughs> well, my instinct when I wrote them down, and you'd be surprised to hear, was it was Malumbu was the one that was sticking out to me. Uh, picked up for free, not just picked up for free at the start of the season or during the yeah, summer, yeah, yeah. but picked up for free as a free agent when that's all you can sign because nobody had taken a, a gamble mm-hmm. on him. Um, brought yeah. in and. I don't know, at the start of the season, the start of the season, Kilmarnock started with um, Adam Frizzell as their defensive midfielder, basically because they had nobody else. And I remember watching a couple of games where they were ju- they were just atrocious. Uh, and that was the glaring uh, part. There was a big glaring hole in the side, and that was it in the centre midfield. Obviously, they had Gary Dicker out injured, uh, which uh, wasn't ideal. He's shown either side of his injury that he's a really good player. They had Alan Power uh, sitting on the bench or in the stand or whatever, who had... Um, had a terrible debut against Ayr in the first game of the League Cup last season and then was barely seen since until uh, Clark uh, eventually became manager. And then are we, they are finished... we sure that is the same Alan Powell? But... Yeah, I know. And then they, he finished the season as the fans' player of the season and I was speaking to a Kilmarnock fan at work the other day and I was asking, do you, think not, do you not think maybe Boyd was more worthy or Malumbu was more worthy? But he said no, Alan Power definitely deserved it. Um so, uh, so my point is, they started with Adam Frizzell as an experiment as, as a holding midfielder, and then they finished the season with Dicker, Malumbu, and Power in there. And most teams in the league would take yeah. any of those. Mal- Malumbu is an absolute Rolls Royce. And like I say, yeah, and he was brought in. He took take, took a gamble. I think it was November. He came in when he's like I say, nobody else wanted him. Uh, Clark brings him in, and he's he's a class above this league. He's just a class above this league, uh, and he uh, was one of the catalysts for the transformation at Kilmarnock. So that was my instinct to go with that. But I think I'm going to go with Hendry. I think if you bring in somebody for free, if you're a club like Dundee and you bring in somebody for free in the summer and you sell them for a million and a half or whatever it is, I think it will eventually be a million and a half. Was it a million up front and it'll eventually be a million and a half? Because they, s- they said it was like a club that? record fee. The highest before that was 1.2 million for Rob Douglas. Right, I think. yeah. I mean, um, they, they, they always keep it. They always keep these yeah. things so secretive now. It's hard to know. It'll be so can, I, can I counter this as well on the basis that football isn't whether he's a good signing or not is not on the basis of whether he's made money or not yeah it's not. I mean he was very good he was very good at that and he had a very I, good Scotland debut just after he signed for Celtic I, as well. I'm, I, I wanted to highlight Carlson that he was very good but Malumbu is 100% my vote for this because the guy is one of the best players in the league the re- he is one of the best players in the league quite comfortably you take Celtic out of the equation and again if Celtic picked up Malumbu and said right see the games that Browns out Malumbu's going to go and sit in there instead wouldn't there's nobody would look at that and go, you know, that's a terribly. I was worried I was just picking Kilmarnick. I think Malumbu is one of the best players in the league. Yeah. He cost nothing. He came in, was integral as part of that Kilmarnock side that made them good and got them through. Didn't even look like he was a guy that was needing to get up to speed. No, no, he just looked. Yeah. He was totally. Ran the show against Celtic and that and scored the winner against Celtic. Strolls through games. Again, much similar to Boyd. He makes all the players around him a better player. There's, I mean, the difference in Alan, you mentioned Alan Powell and the difference between him against Ayr and the difference between him at the end of the season. I'm not, like I say, I'm not convinced he's the same guy because I couldn't, I don't actually know what he looked like when he played against Ayr. So there's every chance he was punting them out and just brought in someone else and said, right, your name is Alan Power, if anyone asked. Like in a, <laughs> like in a ringer in a Humpty Sunday League team. Just like, your name is, if anyone asks. Do you think they just shaved Carl's Puyol and yeah, just went, he's absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> never mind, just shoving a little bit further. Malumbu, Malumbu for is, is, is the best thing he's seen for me. He costs nothing, he was an integral part of the team, and he is a fantastic footballer as well. 
to go back to Hendry, if Hendry hadn't been there for Dundee, Dundee would have been playing a mix of Darren O'Dea mm. and injured half-fit Josh Meekins. How, 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 how good or bad Hulu. a signing he is is not relevant to the other shape that Dundee signed. Well, it is though, because <laughs> had Dundee not signed him, then there would have genuinely been a point in the season when Dundee would have had at most two fit centre-backs. No. And then that would have meant that Dundee would have shipped even more goals. Fair enough. Yeah, so Which is why I'm picking him over Berra. Craig, you've got the deciding vote here. I mean, I was... I was Send it to the people. <laughs> <laughs> Just vote Berra. Take, take it to the people. Right, I mean... It's clearly Malumbu, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just acting against it because <laughs> I I'd picked Kilmarnock for the last two and I didn't want it. I mean, I mean I'm going to have to get a fucking season ticket at Rugby sim- Park now, but Malumbu, I'm going to go with Malumbu. Yeah, so, good. big congratulations to Kilmarnock Joseph Malumbu. Sorry, Gary. I'm going to spit this coffee all over <laughs> the floor. Like, so, this, this isn't the Hibs balance sheet uh, league premiership. This is fine. This is who's the best footballer. And it's Joseph Malumbu. No, it's Joseph Malumbu. Big sign of the season. Congratulations, Joseph. Now, we're going to look through the other end of the telescope and for every Ying, there is a Yang. For every Mighty Ducks 2, there's a Mighty Ducks 3. So let's oh. take a look at the worst... No, Mighty Ducks 3 shite. So oh. let's take a look at the worst signings in the Scottish Premiership. This is going to be good fun. The four this nominees... The first, what do they call them? Razzle? No, Rafa, no that's a porno. Razzies. Razzies, yeah. Razzies, aye. Uh, well, number one Razzle is Rafael Grezelik of Heart of Midlothian. Charlie Masonda of Celtic. Uh, Danilo Dalcio oh, I missed out a C when I was typing that uh, let's see can, can you edit that out okay. um, <laughs> Dalcio at Rangers and any Effion at Ross County all two games of him oh, what? Um, let's see guys who I think well, of me I, I somebody who's sort of quite been passive in this I find it very difficult to look beyond Charlie Masonda given how what he was trumpeted other than a one pass against in at St Petersburg what he contributed but I'd like to hear from the good brothers here who has been the worst signing of the Scottish Premiership season? There's been a lot of shite signing this season. There's been a lot Because we actually had to have four yeah, nominations yeah. for the four nominations. Yeah, there was spots. four separate so had, uh, It was like a World Cup of shite signings. <laughs> it was, uh, was it Edinburgh? Because there was a mix of hearts and hips. There was a Rangers one. Yeah. Did we, have a, we didn't have a Celtic one, did we? We just put Masonda in with yeah. some others. And we had Effiong along with a few other county players still astonished that Stevie May didn't make it into this as well as an honourable mention I mean these these really are the golden nuggets of a bunch of nuggets aren't <laughs> Stevie they Stevie May's probably um, done enough just to it costs not be it costs cost a lot of money but save, save your fire he, didn't, sorry, 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 sorry. he didn't score enough goals basically yeah, but uh, right. he, did, he did he did okay otherwise I mean I know he was signed to sign goals, score goals though so if, I, I don't think that Dalcio should have been the Rangers nominee I know he is so we can't do anything about that but he is, at the end of the day, only at Rangers on loan. So, He's not yeah. crossed anything. No. Now, that would probably rule against Charlie Masonda, but for one exception, Brendan Rodgers claimed that Charlie Masonda was going to change the world. And he was going to be signed by Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah. Who'd seen him play. Yeah. In, a, in a game him. that no statistician has recorded anywhere. Um, for me, it's got to be Masonda, just because he, like Patrick Roberts this season came in on this crest of he's going to be magnificent, this is going to be the game changer, take us to the next stage, and he did nothing. He's still, much like Paddy, Paddy Roberts as well, um, he's still getting kept at the team of James, James Forrest. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not that Forrest is, is bad in any way at all, but you sign players that are better than the ones that you've got in order to make your team better, not just bodies that are around the place. Um, I, however, uh, as one of the, the few people that has actually seen any on play football, um, I'm f- I'm firmly putting my tell us what is what is it like to watch any film perform. 
Uh, he's watched some people perform and record of it himself. <laughs> Uh, he is a very, very bad footballer. Um, he is an. He looks like huge. A, he is enormous. He looks like a fridge with legs. He's an enormous <laughs> human being, and that was wasn't long after Coyle taking over, and he turned up at First Park on like a Wednesday night. Harry Souter um, was in the team as well, so it genuinely looked like you know the monsters in Space Jam. It was essentially just a bunch of absolutes. F Young and uh, Fontaine was in the team. Souter, it was just. Draper, this collection of just absolute monstrous, monstrously sized human beings, and you just watch them walk out. And Motherwell had been reasonably poor form at the time, and the team come out. You're like, There's a good chance they might just batter us. Like over ninety minutes, if they get a point, they'll be quite happy. So they started shelling the ball long to Effion, and the first sort of five that minutes sound like going coil. No, no, not at all. But the first five minutes, you could see the Motherwell centre half just going looking at him, going, "What do we do with you? Because we can't go up and challenge because you are so big." But then after five minutes, you realise that he has absolutely no timing whatsoever. So if you just stand behind him like a yard, he will miss the header. You can take it <laughs> in the chest. And as well as that, you can step away from him because he has absolutely zero pace whatsoever. He was fucking terrible. Um, and again, if you're looking, if the best sign is, is the best footballer in Scottish football, all of the rest of them, at least at one point or another, gave the impression that they might be a footballer. Greslak was, he, he was poor, but he yeah. was an animal. So, I mean, that's entertaining enough. Masonda, he's too wee. Not to be like your Dan, be like, oh, he's too wee, but he just he looked like a kid. We've spoken about this before, right? He yeah. looks like he's eight years old or yeah, something. He look, he looks like I mean, that doesn't disqualify you from being a good footballer. No, no, player, not obviously. at all. But, but he, he, he looks look, a lot younger yeah, than he actually is. He looks like a kid in a man's game. Um, and that was a fully grown adult's game. And that's it, he's a struggle that Dalcio, again, may or may not exist. Who knows? Really, might, might, and as Gary said, he was on loan and he was free. I mean, he, he didn't cost three and a half million like no, Carlos Peña, apparently, no. or a million and a half like Herrera. Yeah, uh, Fion, however, was an absolutely appalling footballer. Peña finished third in the league for uh, goals per ninety minutes, by the way. Fion, see this for more than fifty. It's a small. <laughs> it's, a, it's obviously a small sample size. Fion, however, was a very bad footballer, very very bad footballer, um, who is. Should be the worst signing of the season because he is such a fucking terrible footballer. What well, Grizzlelag? Because I remember uh, he got quite a hard time of it. Obviously, he's no longer at Hearts. He's moved on to some uh, Polish mob. Um, what was he like to? to he was tried play? in a few different positions. His main position was uh, was left back, but um, should be left back, left back changing room. room. Hey. And um, so he's not in the country. But he just makes shit jokes. <laughs> But he he was trying a few different positions and he was he was awful in all of them. Um, he did play a part in the defeating of the Invincibles though, so maybe that's enough to just say that he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't did win he just, this award. Did he, he just steal somebody out? Came on eight four minutes ago or something like that. Um, so he did play his part in that. But yeah, he looked like the kind of defender that wasn't in tune with the rest of his backline. I mean, very much. Um, Obviously, Levine's teams are based around defence, and there were times where it looked like uh, the defence was acting as a unit apart from Zrelak. He just he looked like he was just on another planet sometimes. Yeah, so we tried him there. We tried him in the left of midfield. I think he played centre midfield one or two matches as well. Maybe on the left of a back three at one point. Sounds versatile. He was yeah, but he, yeah, he was he was he was shite in every position. He was a he was he was just really really bad. He had some physical astro- attributes that Graham was kind of alluding to. He was a tank. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, yeah, he was he was uh, he was he was quite strong and quite quick. But yeah, football and ability, he very, he severely lacked. I am going to go with Masonda though because Masonda was alone, but was, I'm guessing they paid something for him because like they did with uh, Paddy Roberts, 
that they paid some money for him. He came with all this fanfare, um, and everybody bought into it. Celtic fans, pundits, they all bought into it. Uh, I didn't know anything about him. I, I honestly didn't have an opinion of, about it at the time. Um, and he, he, I mean, that, that was a bit of magic that he pulled off against Zenit. Uh, a broken clock tells the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, it ultimately didn't lead to anything because they they still went out in that tie. They got they got completely done. Uh, they got they got turned over pretty easily in the second leg. Um, so I mean that's a little bit of salvation for him. But still, I think the fanfare he came from. He was barely played. I mean Rogers. I think um, Chelsea were actually annoyed with Rogers in the end because um, the understanding was that he would play. He would get more game time, and he was barely seen after that. Uh, after that Zenit game, it was just—I don't know if Roger, Rogers didn't trust them or whatever. But yeah, I, I, my, my vote's Masonda. Gary Masonda. Any effy on, but I, I can I can fully get on board with it. Okay, hard lines, Charlie Masonda. You're the worst signing of the Scottish Premiership season. Now we're going to take a short break there, um, so we can go to the toilet and have cigarettes, and we'll be back <laughs> after these short messages. The managers don't play the game. They don't go out and play the no. game, so it's the players yeah. that play the game. Good to go when you are, Craig. Excuse me, all this fizzy stuff's not very good. You be drinking. <laughs> Large streams from little fountains flow. Tall oaks from little acorns grow. These aren't my words, these are the words from some online mark. And it's very fitting now to start talking about the most improved player in the top flight. Who has turned from human shit into a half-decent prospect who might do a job in English League One? (laughs) The four nominees are... (laughs) Let's not kill ourselves, lads. The four nominees are Eamon Brophy at Kilmarnock, Josh Windass at Rangers, Chris Boyd at Kilmarnock, and Martin Boyle of Hibernian, who is the most improved player in the Scottish Premiership? I'll, I'm going to dive right in here. Um, I'm going to dive straight in and say Martin Boyle because <sighs> Martin Boyle is by miles the most improved player in the league. Like, first and foremost, I can't believe he's the age he is because I genuinely thought he was approaching his thirties, which turns out is, is an absolute lie. He just looks really old and can yeah, really, don't let the hairline fool you. Yeah, he could probably do a weave. Like, um, there's a nice picture of Tony Stokes in the middle of town. Um, so he got his so. If you're listening, Martin, it's probably worth a look. Um, he has gone from being, as, as I said previously on other shows, I made the argument that Martin Boyle was the argument against expanding the league because he's the sort of player he'll bring in. Turns out I was talking utter shite. Um, he has been absolutely sensational in this Hibs team, whether it's been as sort of a wide man up as a part of front three or an out-and-out winger on the on the, in the midfield or as a, as a wing-back as well. He's done all of these things. And whether it's... Whether it's Lennon's taking him aside and said, "Look, look, this is what, this is how you do this," whether it's someone else or whether he's just really knuckled down and sorted himself out, I've, I've no idea. But whoever he deserves a, a huge amount of credit for it because the way in which he's approached this season, straight from the off, when it was part of Hibs front three, when it was him, Barker, and, and Murray just chasing people down, whether it's as a, as a winger crossing in for Camberry and, and McLaren, or whether, as I say, it's a, as a wing back just stopping wingers getting past him because he's so fucking fast he has been an absolute revelation this season and thoroughly deserves this award for me so that you were nodding along there Gary yeah that was going to be my argument as well um, obviously I watched Martin Boyle when he was at Dundee yeah. um, and he's always had a bit of pace Yeah, but that's usually all he's had um, he wasn't able to cross the ball for shit couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo never mind hit the back of the net with a football um, 
you know, didn't trap back, although that's never really been part of his game either. Um, and he just looked like a one-trick pony, the type of player who would really thrive sort of at a, a playoff aiming championship team, yeah. if you will. Um, so someone like, you know, a Falkirk or a Dunfermline, a team like that. Um, but never someone who could produce consistently and in a really threatening way in the Premiership. But every game I've seen him in this season for Hibs, he's been phenomenal. And you would never think, you know, I think a winger is one of those positions that's really inconsistent as well. They can have games where they're just totally anonymous or whether they're a threat, but he's always, always, always a threat. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's in, in world football, there's sort of two guys that are sort of consistent as wingers, and it's the, the two best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, everyone else has has, in, has uh, ups and downs in their game, and obviously Boyle, same as everybody else, has yeah. ups and downs, but the level he's performed at this season has yeah. been fantastic. And there was talk of him getting a call-up for Australia as well, yeah. there was which talk wasn't him, even yeah. that far-fetched. I actually read something uh, this week, this is not that he couldn't even get a passport in time but yeah, I mean, yeah. he might not have made the cut anyway but yeah, yeah there was something just to even, even, even that it's opened up as, yeah. a, as a possibility and the yeah. fact that he, he was mentioned as, as potentially being called up for Scotland and it's something which like 18 months ago a year ago people would have laughed and just been a case of like Martin Ball was never going to get a Scotland cap now it's a case of like well if you're giving one to Lewis Stevenson why the hell are you not giving one to Martin Ball <laughs> sorry Ken <laughs> <laughs> Craig Cairns who would you pick um, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, and there's not much to add about Boyle there, really. Um, so I think he's nailed on for it. Uh, it's going to be a unanimous decision. But I missed two. Who was so we had Brophy, Windass, and Boyd. 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 I mean, Boyd's had it before. Boyd just had, maybe you could say had a lull in his career. I mean, he did look finished. Let's not argue against that. But I think because Boyd was previously a a renowned goal scorer. Uh, I mean his record speaks for itself so maybe definitely put Boyd to the side form is temporary classic <coughs> permanent there you go you might just lose it for a little bit classic um, no Windass obviously had uh, was much improved this season he had a spell um, where he was just he was he was amazing he was one of the foreign players in the league at one point but either side of that he wasn't as consistent as somebody like Boyle and similarly with Brophy I'd love to give I'd love yeah. to give my vote to Brophy because he's kind of like a He's a tennis podcast meme almost. Yeah. And You've got uh, a t-shirt with his name. I'm t-shirt. really disappointed I'm not wearing the Eamon Brophy t-shirt. Well, he's changed clubs now. The colours don't match. It's yeah, fine, anymore. it's fine. Um, but he is... I mean, I'm a huge fan of him. I, I wrote an article about him not so long ago. I, I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I think he's. he looks like he's going places now. Um, he's got a lot of very good attributes. He's, he's, um, he's, he's very strong. He's got a thunderous shot. Um, as Graham pointed out earlier he's kind of been brought on a bit by Boyd it can't have hurt um, him spending a season with yeah. Boyd and learning off him uh, he's got a bit of attitude as well I which I really he's got like his thing. he's the yeah, wolf that's it. <laughs> the, these celebrations I can't remember what he did uh, there was it's one some of, sort of hand yeah, yeah. the wolf man yeah. oh, was that what it was yeah. the wolf man yeah, yeah. And he just stood like deadpan expression he, he's got a bit of attitude <laughs> yeah. about him which is like which is what we want to see uh, but yeah as other guys have said Boyle, I mean, and I can't really add to what these guys yeah, have already think, said. Uh, Joel wrote an article about Boyle a few months ago just explaining it and using some of those stats, those optics. That R2, his R2 is off the charts. Well, <laughs> that is good. That's what I look for in players. It's not as if, can you cross the ball? Can you finish? Don't care as long as you're R2. Just a wee Diamond tip. in the rough. A wee, yes, exactly. Um, if the, the, the rule is for graphs and radars, if the radar's a spike, there's not a lot to like. But if the radar's a blob, he'll do a good job. There you go. You don't need to follow SPFL radar anymore. I've just done his job for him. 
Um, so congratulations to Martin Boyle. He is the most improved player in the Scottish Premiership. Also known as the Josh McGuinness Award. Oh, is it? Yeah, right, is, I wish uh, I'd written that down. Um, don't do that again, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do Kenny Duker, Tinder and my parents' marriage have in common? They're the three most disappointing things I've encountered in my life. With that in mind, who have been the most disappointing players in the Premiership this season? Now, to qualify for this category, the players have had to have featured in the league for at least two seasons. So they had to be in the league last season. So all those weird players that Pedro Cascina signed don't count. So the four nominees are Adam Barton at Partick Thistle, Scott Sinclair of Celtic, Stevie May of Aberdeen, and Abdul Osman, also of Partick Thistle. Craig Cairns, who of those four has been most disappointing? Um, I think going by what we know of them previously, um, it has to be Barton, I think. I mean, Osman's been injured a bit this season. He has dropped off a lot. Sinclair still ended up Celtic's top goalscorer. May has contributed bits and pieces, not as much as... Graham pointed out earlier, 400 grand would probably uh, suggest he should be doing, and we know he did a really good job at St Johnston before. But yeah, Barton, last season, Barton looked like a really good player. Um, he, as part of a back three, he, um, yeah, I mean, alongside Liam Lindsay, and I can't remember who else it was, at times uh, looked an Niall excellent Keown. player. Hmm? Was it Niall Keown? No, was he not, he not just signed this season? He was there. The, la- the latter half, half of last, last season, season okay. So, but anyway, he looked like a very good player last season, and this season he's barely looked interested. It's been a poor Partick Thistle team. I think there's a couple of good players in there that have been brought down by what's around them, but Barton looks like one of these players who, I mean, I'm sure he hasn't given up, but he's certainly given that impression. I think somebody highlighted a goal recently that Ross County scored. Uh, when they were playing an away match right just towards the end of the season there, one of the last few matches, and he, he just let he just let whoever it was he, he just sail the, past he did them. He the playoff game as well, because he didn't track uh, Mullen. Mullen. As, uh, as Levy charged towards the goal, and he, just, he watched, it wasn't like uh, Mullen had an incredible turn of pace and he just couldn't live with it, he just watched them go away from him. Can I give you a theory as to why he's been so shy this season? Is it because he's, he's bought a bunch of uh, Abdul Osman's clothing gear that's slowing him down? No, it's because he's not received his <laughs> England call-up. Have you seen this story? I literally saw this two minutes ago, yeah. yes. <laughs> he um, apparently, and obviously this is Wikipedia, anyone can edit Wikipedia, so this might just be some part of the Thistle fan with too much time on their hands, but he was called up to a Northern Ireland squad at some point. 2010. 2010. Um, but he, um, he withdrew. He wanted to remain eligible for England. Wanted to keep England. I saw this maybe yesterday yeah. or the day before, yeah, I can't yeah. remember when it was. Which is phenomenal. Well, fair play, um, you only want people in your squad who want to give it all, and if he only feels they can give it all to England, then yeah. Yeah. that's, that's um, fair enough. Abdul Osman has also been a huge disappointment this season. Cause it was, Am I wrong in saying he's been injured for it? I thought he was injured for the first He's injured for a bit, but then anything he came back in the team, as I say, he looked more committed to his clothing line than he did to playing for Partick Thistle. You've got um, some sharp dressers, yeah. Partick Thistle, if nothing else. They might be playing Championship football next season, but they've got a few sharp dressers. They'll look good while doing it. Um, <laughs> Scott Sinclair, as you say, is, is still Celtic's top scorer for the season. As, I mean, if, if you have a bad season where you score, like, what, 18 goals? He's not been as good. Yeah. It's, it's clear he's not been as good. But yeah, I think it's. I think it'd be wrong to yeah. uh, give him this award because he's still been their top scorer. Stevie May, on the other hand. Mm. Cost four hundred thousand uh, pounds. Aberdeen, if the four year contract is four year well. contract, one you would imagine to be the top earner. Could have had Louis Moult for that money. The well, hundred grand shots so inst- instead signed uh, Stephen May, uh, which is utterly mental. Like 
Like, May hurt. was very good. It was exceptional at St Johnston at Preston. He struggled a bit when he got when he came back. He just looked got a very sh- bad injury at Preston. He did get a very bad injury, but he just doesn't look the player that he was. And the way in which his season has sort of fizzled out, he looked okay. I did see an argument that he suffered from the the tackle that Ryan Jack put on him. And he never recovered. I'm not having that. that. I'm not having that either. I he do think been, he does a lot for Aberdeen outside the box, though. He's been very disappointing inside the box. He though. has, but again, you look at Aberdeen, they're the sort of they're the sort of team, along with Hearts and Hibs, that we should be making, to a degree, a marquee summer signing. Like This is this is the guy that's going to kick us on to the next level, and Stephen May has done absolutely nothing to uh, kick them on to the next level. And I actually feel really bad, because I, I do absolutely love him a bit. As a, as a player, as, as, a, as a personality, he's great fun, but he has been hugely disappointing. Barton... Was already there at Thistle and had suffered from what was a bad Baltic Thistle team. Um, he wasn't alone in that, but May, he, he, I mean, he's dropped behind uh, your man, the Jane Stockley Mark II, Cosgrove, Cosgrove, who was signed from Carlisle from a, a lower level for a tiny amount of money. He's dropped behind him in the pecking order. He's been really disappointing. Yeah. I would have to go with Stevie May as well because, yeah. as you say, shelled out a lot of money for him. We all expected a lot. He was enough of a sort of a compadre to get a number on his back, which made it the year that they won that cup. Um, but that, he still which, which was that the European Cup or the or the, or the made up European Cup that they claim as a star? That's probably yeah. okay. Go, yeah. let's go with that. Why not? Can't remember off the top of my head. All right, and peace or Twitter mentions. Yep. Um, but when you think about it, it's actually a miracle that Aberdeen finished second. Yeah. Because their main strikers were Cosgrove, so Stockley marked to a really out of sorts CV May. And Adam Rooney, who's finally beginning to assume his final form and just fall to pieces. So. Fowler wrote a very good article on that about Aberdeen season being very weird that they finished second, yeah. but you can, you can, you can point at so many areas of the squad that yeah. they went backwards or weren't as good as the last few seasons. Uh, it's like one of those MC Escher drawings, like you think the stairs are going down. <laughs> How's this working? Yeah, this yeah. All just pat each, everyone just patting each other on the back and saying, you want to read my article? No, your article's no, better. No, 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 my <laughs> article's better. So, Craig, uh, most disappointing... I'm still going with Barton. I'm sorry with Barton, but it looks like... Stevie May. Stevie May. Stevie May. Uh, Stevie May. Uh, you are the most disappointing player. Goodbye. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they're stuck with him. <laughs> sorry, no. <laughs> that's part of the reason please, that he's please, such a bad signing. And to all the online Aberdeen fans who want to get in touch... Don't bother. <laughs> now, we've talked about the most disappointing player, so let's go from the micro to the macro and discuss the season's most disappointing team. Which side has promised so much but, like a shit mailman, failed to deliver? The four nominees are Rangers, Ross County, Partick Thistle and Heart of Midlothian. Craig Cairns, I'm going to start with you. Have Hearts disappointed you this season? Um, I mean... This isn't good. Yes or no? This isn't, I was going to say yes and no. I was going to say yes and no. You can't even answer yes or no. <laughs> yes or no. Um, right, so the start, if you go back to the start of the season, League Cup, absolutely disastrous. Cathro. Um, the best penalty shootout ever. Point was penalty shootout. Uh, so we had Cathro the second so half of last season. Was that when gave that interview? Where no, like, no, was, that was the cup game last year. Right, that last yeah, year? Yeah, the Drew with Rovers. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it was difficult. Uh, it was during the season, <laughs> yeah. Difficult. <laughs> was difficult. <laughs> so, basically our season was rescued from... Our, our, our season was at its lowest ebb before it even started. And it was kind of rescued from that. I think that um, six isn't good enough for Hearts. Yes. But it was... 
I mean, you can't really argue with it, how well the teams above Hearts did. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit drunk, so I know that that sentence didn't quite make sense, but I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. Um, we all know how, as we've just referenced, how weird Aberdeen's season was. Rangers still had a lot in them, even though they fell down at quite a lot of hurdles. Uh, Hibs were fantastic. Kilmarnock were unbelievable under Clark. They they were another team who started at a really low ebb, but then just um, rescued it and got better and better as the season went on apart from towards the end where they kind of fell off a little bit. But Craig Levine kind of rescued Hearts this season, made it, stopped it from being absolutely pish and made it mediocre, basically. <laughs> and in the middle of that, they, we had like, and, I mean, it's maybe not the best record to have, but the clean sheet record, you can't really it's argue with that. You, you lost like one game at Tynecastle all season. It's difficult to... To get, Celtic. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you also ended Celtic. Stopped the Invincibles run. Very impressively as well. We absolutely yeah, smashed them yeah, that day. Absolutely scudded them. Beat the Hibs. We beat the Hibs <laughs> <laughs> once. Or twice, <laughs> we beat them twice in the season. So, I mean... I think Hearts' season was okay, and it was a bit of a transition because, um, and I mean, I know people like to say, oh, well, Levine was director of football and that kind of thing, but Cathro clearly was um, trying to make a team in his image. Levine, at the start of the season, had inherited a squad that was very imbalanced and uh, was set up for how Cathro wanted to play, and Levine wanted to play a completely different formation setup. Uh, so I think he rescued, like I said, rescued the season and made it me- mediocre when it was really looking like it was going to be pish, uh, like the second half of last season. So I wouldn't go with Hearts in this. Um, I mean, Rangers are. I think mean, Rangers are still getting back to where they want to be. They're still. Back to. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they will. They will eventually. They will eventually. Um, so I think. Um, they're probably beyond, beyond this as well. County, I think I'm going to go with County because I think County Luke, County squad was way better than uh, the league position. Yeah, yeah. What where they ended up? Their squad shouldn't have been down there. Thistle um, have been flirting with, uh, save for one season, have been flirting with the bottom few positions pretty much since they came up. Other than that top six finish last That's year. That's what I mean, uh, other, yeah. other than Sorry. one season, even yeah. Even at that, they got, th- they got into that because they were good, but also everyone else, there was a lot of other teams that had poor seasons as well, which allowed that space to be... And they did pretty much what they've done all, every season apart from this yeah. one, in that they started poorly and then got you better. Expected them, you always expected them to kick on and they never did. And so they didn't. Yeah. Uh, so I think that Thistle probably what's happened to Thistle is just something that if you keep finishing in those positions eventually you're going to go down one year that's what's happened to them County had a lot of good players in that team and they just didn't live up to it they made a terrible appointment uh, as manager mm. and uh, yeah they just yeah, a manager's interesting on how how badly his stock has, has fallen if you yeah mate, he was all the rage at one point a few point. years ago I, I, I just one example when he was at Bolton Wanderers uh, Arsene Wenger loaned Jack Wilshire to yeah. them because it was the whole idea that the way he plays football, this is the sort of football that 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 I would I want emulate. So mm-hmm. Jack Wilshire's mm-hmm. the best place to go, and then he gets a fairly decent Ross County team. That, that, that argument was debunked at the time by uh, Zona Markin, though he right. he tore shreds off. He like um, we didn't didn't intentionally tear shreds on, but he he debunked the argument that um, Coyle played this really nice free-flowing yeah. passing football and used all these stats to show that um, he was actually a long ball merchant and yeah. I think he's shown since then that he's best, he, he loves a long ball it's, it's an interesting I mean, just, uh, county, are, county are absolutely my vote as well and as you say Thistle have 
they've flirted with it in one way or another for, since they came up. This is that's the level they're at. They're never going to invest huge amounts in the playing squad because they don't have that, and that's that's the smart thing to do. Now that they've gone down, they're not going to disappear out of existence because they've dropped out of the top flight. They'll continue at the level that they're at. They'll try and bring in some players. They'll try and improve and try and come back, and that's fine. I think the management uh, duo that they've appointed looks quite interesting. I think that could that could serve yeah. them well. Ross, I, I, Ross, Ross County, on the other hand. They oh, sorry, I was talking about County there. Yeah, see, County, the County, booze go to my head again. County remind <laughs> me very much of Thistle last year under Richie Foran. And that squad was much better than other teams in the league, but it went down without a whimper. Just like don't they, buy Billy McKay. Just don't <laughs> sign Billy McKay. What is he doing? He signed an extension. That's, <laughs> that's us blocked for Billy McKay, then, so that's good. Um, but they're a much better. They're, they're a much, again, they shouldn't be in that position. They should not have ended up in that position at all. They have better players than they've shown and under their management duo, as well as guys that have been in the club. I think if they'd, when they sacked McIntyre, if they'd appointed them, I reckon they'd have, they'd have scrabbled through at the end of the season, they'd probably have been fine. Um, they might have ended up in the playoff, but they wouldn't have gone down without a whimper because they've got guys in there that are decent footballers. And again, they've got guys in there that are capable of scrapping. But throughout the season, they've just been really, really dog poor and continue to be. So, I, yeah. Get my vote. Gary. I I mean it's a moot point now, but I would have gone for Thistle on the basis of my definition of disappointing because for me, the thing that will be in my head, not until the day I die, because I don't really care about Partick Thistle, but the thing that'll stick is their performance in both legs against Livingston. Yeah. I think that's you know, a that's, lot of people a lot like, of people Like, you know, you've got hundred and eighty minutes to basically save you know what type of team Livy are, you know what they're going to do, they're not going to deviate from that. You're in the tier um, above the tier yeah. the team in the tier above has You've dominated this fixture and re- yeah. other than the Hibs Hamilton one, it's been won yeah. by the team in the tier and above. It's, it's not as if Thistle slipped into it in the last day and have that sort of panic, you know, they won at Dundee on the last day, it was a big boost, you know. Yeah. They were all thinking this is brilliant. And then Archibald fucks it with his team selection. Um and then they just all go out and absolutely pap it. Um so for me, that's the disappointing thing, is that Thistle did finish top six and okay. Other teams have strengthened since then. But Thistle, other than losing Lindsay, haven't really lost anyone that was crucial to their top six finish. They had a chance to strengthen a wee bit. I'm not saying necessarily that they would have avoided finishing in the bottom two, but just the nature that they, or you know, the, the, the manner in the which they went they did, down... Yeah was really disappointed it was like what you do at least Ross County properly bombed it out of the league you know they absolutely <laughs> went for yeah, it go, go down in yeah. flames like oh yeah that was that's the thing Ranger, three, three managers in a season Rangers still somehow managed to get to third despite yeah. having a wild season County absolutely bombed out which was entertaining for us all um, and Hearts just had a meh yeah, season yeah. you know I think had Hibs not been doing as well the season as they did Hearts fans wouldn't necessarily be as pissed off as they are so for me, it would have been Thistle, but I don't have any arguments really about County either because that team is okay, too good to go down. I'm going to get a pin you down here. Can we get a team off you? Thistle. Great. County. Has to be County. Okay. All right. Okay. If I could vote, I'd have gone for Thistle as well, but nobody cares what I think. So, <laughs> uh, Ross County, you would be the most disappointing side in the Scottish Premiership. Now, Mr. Versatile sounds like one of the more morose characters from Roger Hargreaves' Mr. Men, but it isn't. It's handed out by this goddamn podcast. What colour would Mr. Versatile be? Oh, oh. it's a big rainbow. Yeah. He's not gay. Come on. Um, now, until this morning, I had literally never heard of one of the players that had been mentioned in this, so I'm just going to smile politely as the marks have at it. And those four nominees are Richard Tate of Motherwell. Callum McGregor at Celtic, Greg Taylor at Kilmarnock, and I'm going to squint for this, Michael Smith. 
He's one of these oh, football course. manager regents. Yeah. Don't worry yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, he even looks like a regent. He looks yeah. like, a, he looks like the, 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 uh, if somebody took bit, the bits that were left over of Callum Patterson to make a footballer, will Michael Smith. I will talk about Michael Smith quickly because I'm not going to vote for him. I don't think anybody else is going to. But Michael Smith is a 7, of 10, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 guy every week. He's, he's not, a little ball, though. He's not going to be the guy who's... He's, he's, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who's ever going to win a Player of the Month award, for instance. He's never going to be the fans player of the season other other than Hart if Hearts were to finish 8th and have a really terrible season like we did 2008-2009 I think it was and then we had Michael Smith in the team that I mean that, that he would maybe be the fans player of the season then but when Hearts are doing what they should he's just going to be one of these guys who who um, like I say 7, 8 out of 10 every week most teams have one of these kind of players uh, but he's done very well in every position he's played in right back left back centre midfield and he played centre defence uh, as a part of a three in four 0 against Celtic, actually, right. and that was that was possibly his best performance. Actually, he was absolutely fantastic in that game. But um, yeah, he's one of these guys that's he's got that kind of baseline, and he he he, he hits it every week. I don't think he's going to win this award. For me, I can't see past Callum McGregor. No, he's a great season, unbelievable. Uh, I just think um, and capped off with that absolutely amazing goal in the. In the final against Motherwell, which killed the game. The, the, game, the game was over after that he scored that goal. The only thing I would say counts against McGregor on this award is that McGregor plays in what is an exceptionally good team. Yeah. Um, on a, a certainly a domestic level, um, he can fit just about anywhere. He's played left back. He's played at centre. He, was he? Has he played in the, the in, the, in the back three as well? I think he has at one point. Well. He's played centre midfield. He's played wide. I remember him covering played, for Tierney a couple of times yeah, at left back. Yeah, um, he's played um, in the hole. He's, he's played on both wings. Yeah, he's, he's he's a fantastic footballer, and I really enjoy him on the basis that he can do just a bit of everything. Um, the only counter argument I'd make to McGregor is that he plays in a very good team. So he's just being a decent footballer. He can drop into just about any position in that team because it's a very good team. If he was playing for Hearts, for example, if you dropped him in at left back, I think he would struggle an awful lot more than he does in the Celtic team. Because all our left backs are shite. It's also very true. He would fall We're cursed the, at left back. Fall that Hearts vortex at left back. But if you drop him <laughs> in any other team that doesn't have a cursed left back amulet, um, then that would be fine. But uh, I think he benefits from that massively. Um, Richard Tate has been fantastic for Motherwell. The fact that he can. I, really, I, I loved him last season and a big part of our season going down the tubes last year was when he got injured um, because we didn't have anyone else to play fullback. This season um, we kind of forgot to sign a left back so instead of that we just played Richard Tate there. Who And then you signed the left back and continued to play Richard yeah, Tate there. Because Stephen Hendry's humpty. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was absolutely terrific for us all season long. He got a, what's it, six or seven assists from playing at left back despite being a right back by trade he was playing as a left wing back for a huge chunk of the season um, I really hope we sign uh, a left back for next season so that we can get him out to the right again because having a having a, a full back that can cross with both feet is a, is a huge, huge advantage for us I don't mean that you can play Cavan yeah. where he's supposed yeah, to be played absolutely. for me I just can't see past Callum McGregor yeah. I think he just plays um, I think the others on the list play Sort of two or three positions, but you could see McGregor. You could just chuck him pretty much anywhere in that Celtic team, even in goals. Would be better than Scott Bain. Um, <laughs> you could you could chuck him in anywhere, and he'll do not just a job. But he's he'll do a better, great job. He's got better as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a good he's, few players that got better under Reggie Rogers, and he's. I, th- I think the fact that he plays so many positions as well is an advantage to him as well because he he now has a 
has a bow which is made out made up predominantly of strings. Like he's, he, everywhere he goes, he looks fine. So yeah. So I think that's quite unanimous then, Callum. Yeah. There's no point yeah. in talking about the other uh, guys. In yeah, the, we haven't mentioned Taylor. That's the only one we didn't mention. There's, 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 there's no, no point. There's no okay. point to say. <laughs> You've the already story. had your Kelly love. Yeah, Sorry, so, Greg. Uh, closing the stable. It's like your magic, Greg. But yeah. So, yeah, you're in too long anyway. He doesn't care. So well done. You tried to kill Joey Barton. <laughs> oh, did he? Was that him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair play to you. Fair play to you. Big big CGT there. Yeah, so that's good. So that's uh, Cal McGregor is the rainbow coloured Mr. Versatile there. So fair play to him. Now it's time for traffic and travel. The changes came. Billy McKay came on for uh, David Nagai. Whatever you want, Greg. Thanks. Thanks for sticking with us. The Andy Dorman Award for the best bottom six player. For those of you who are only about 15 years old, Andy Dorman was a mercurial talent playing in a jobbing St Mirren side and this accolade named after him is dished out to similar players operating for no-mark teams in the Premiership. And the four nominees are Glenn Kamara at Dundee, Trevor Carson at Motherwell, Jason Naismith at Ross County and David Templeton at Hamilton Academical. Now, we've talked at length about some of these players in the past. I feel like I'm going to be either picking one and it's going to go to a tiebreaker or I'm going to be picking between Kamara and Carson because that's who these two are going to go for. <laughs> Always on brand. Are you, are you boys going to stay on brand and go for Carson and Kamara respectively? Absolutely. I'm actually not because I don't think Carlson's been the best player at Mullerwell. Yeah, what? I, think, I think he's been sensational, but I, he wouldn't have been. Much Would you have picked Kipre? There's a good chance I'd have picked Kipre. Save your vote. Fine, not going to him. Um, as well as that, just to, just to highlight as well, and I, I realise this is this is isn't not all that relevant, but I fucking hated Andy Dolman. <laughs> Andy Dolman did nothing but score absolutely one of these years in Mullerwell, and I scored a double uh, against Celtic in a four 0 victory as he well. Was, he was infuriating. Um, I would, however, make a, a, a good case for for uh, Jason Naismith as well. I think, who, as we discussed, um, Ruskin have been an absolute fucking disaster. But somehow season. Naismith has still been. He's been. He's it's been, amazing, like too 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 much of a, an exaggeration to say. I, think I still think he's. Yeah, he's been excellent. There's, there's there's. I barely have a bad word to say about him. No. As bad as Ross County have been, he has been excellent. He has been at a consistent level of being very, very good. As well as that, I love it when he goes and takes the ball on a run. Because you see it, like, you look at other fullbacks in the league, guys like uh, Richard Tate. He's a centre half charging up yeah. the wing. Well, this is <laughs> it. You look at guys at like Tate, and you look at Tate and just as, as a body shape and nothing else. Tate looks like a fullback. He looks like a guy that can, yeah. is he going to get down the wing, he's going to get crosses in. Um, Guys at uh, Holt at uh, Dundee as well. He's not great, but he, he looks like a fullback. Naismith, he's like, I've used this analogy before, but he looks like a boulder in uh, Indiana Jones. Just, <laughs> like, it's, like, he's, he gets himself up to speed, and then by the time he crosses the halfway line, fuck it in the way of that. Like, there's no chance of putting in a challenge on him because he's fucking massive. Has he been retained by Ross County for the there, championship? There is an argument. Uh, Aberdeen if, were looking at yeah. it. No, I think it's something to do with if he takes reduced terms. Like, so they've offered everybody reduced terms, okay. and if he takes that, then I think he has a get out in his yeah. contract or something like that. Something so he either gets to retain his high his Premiership wage, or he has an out if he takes the reduced yeah. terms. It's something along those lines. On ongoing debate, but there's as a, as a, as a player, there's every every club. In Scotland, outside of your, your, your big clubs, I think every one of them would say, "I'll, I'll take Jason Naismith," and he, he would fit yeah. seamlessly. Aberdeen, like even, we were talking about Aberdeen. I mean, yeah. we're talking about even even one of the big clubs yeah. would take him because I mean, they've uh, famously not had any 
cover for Shea Logan yeah. for a couple of seasons now, and some have argued that that's why he's been uh, at his poorest since he's come to Aberdeen no this season because there's no, no competition pressure. for him. And again, a team like if he's going to go, to, if he was to go to Hibs or Hearts or Motherwell or Kilmarnock. If they play a back three, he can play the inside of a back three. If he play, he plays sure a wing back. That's what I was going to say. I'm sure he started off as a yeah, centre half. I'm almost is. certain he started off as a centre half. Him and another young player came through at St Mirren at centre half, and I can't remember who the other one was. Um, and then he's found. He, I think he's one of these guys that know how sometimes managers don't trust uh, younger players to yeah, play yeah. centrally. So, so they'll play, play a forward on the wing, or they'll play a centre back at full back or something like that. That's what I'm sure that's what happened yeah. to him. You, but he's now made a career out of being a the, the Hearts game marauding well. right back. Uh, remember we we, uh, we watched the, mm. the Hearts uh, Ross County game before at Motherwell, uh-huh. um, and in the in the sensational electric bar in Motherwell, we sat and wa- sat and watched them, and he was. And I, and I think fullbacks can have a good game and a bad game, but it's it's a rarity that you watch a fullback and go, he is the best player on the park today. And ve- and that day, very much, and when County looked as if they might just about get themselves back out of it, he was by miles the best player on the park that day. I thought, and every time I see him, I'm hugely impressed by him. So yeah, Jason Naismith is very much my vote. I would chuck uh, Templeton in there as well, as I mentioned earlier, just in terms of like how important it is to to Aki's, but. Temple, or, uh, sorry, Naismith the best player there. Naismith from Graham. You've not said anything on this one yet, Gary. Are you going to discuss some different so, Skillsy Kamara. Yes, big skillsy Glenn Kamara. Um, I'm just so certain that's Glenn Kamara. Um, he played something like, I think he started 11 games before he came to Dundee, and he's played pretty much every game this season. Other than a short period of time just after the winter break, he's been magnificent in all of them. He's played against... Uh, when he played against Celtic at Celtic Park, he dominated the midfield, which is amazing for a guy who looks like you could bully him for his lunch money. He's actually, he's, <laughs> he is deceptively strong, he's deceptively fast, he's deceptively skillful. Um, he's wanted by teams much, much better than Dundee, and he will not be with us. He's for very, very brave on the ball as well. He yeah, likes to take it in dangerous areas and yeah. kind of start um, things. The only thing that holds him back a little bit is he gets a wee bit of a nosebleed. If he gets near the 18 yard box, he does not like going that far forward. Um, but other than, but he's not really that type of player. He's a defensive midfielder. He provides that cover for the if back line. If he was on a better team, we wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, and he's absolutely essential to Dundee's attempts to play it out from the back. Because God help, <laughs> God help you if you give the ball to Darren Adi and say just play some neat, intricate football, mate. Um, so for me, it's it's absolutely Glenn Kamara. He's just got he's got a level of sort of he's like you know a fine silk footballer. You know, okay, um, <laughs> strange, strange description, but that's cool. Uh, Craig Cairns, <laughs> I have to be Jason Naismith because of how poor County were, partly, and yeah, he, he never looked poor. Fair play. So, Jason Naismith, you're the Annie Domin Award for the best bottom six player. Good for you. Uh, now, the Discovery of the Year Award, there's nothing better than watching a young, exciting player rising through the ranks and seeing them blossom into something special before your very eyes. For instance, I saw Andy Robertson playing for Queen's Park not but five years ago, and he's done all right for himself, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Now, the rules for this award, the player had to be 21 or under at the beginning of the season, and they had to make fewer than 15 top flight appearances beforehand. So the four nominees are Cedric Kipre of Motherwell, Harry Cochran, Hart of Midlothian, Scott McKenna of Aberdeen, and Alan Campbell of Motherwell. Uh, Graham Thielis, there's two of your boys in there. Are you going to steal on brand and go for them? Or are you going to, try and, <laughs> are you going to actually talk objectively for a change? Uh, I, would talk, <laughs> I, I could entirely talk objectively about all four of these. 
um, but the answer to Cedric Keepery. Um, I was astonished when this was put out to the, the, the terracists on Twitter and asking who's the discovery of the season and there was a whole collection of players named and after about 20 minutes nobody had mentioned Cedric Keepery. <laughs> I presume it's because the guy is about the size of a house so you just assume he's old, he was older than 20 when he signed but for a guy who had never played a top flight game of football before he arrived at Fur Park to where he is now, he is an absolutely wonderful footballer. He is everything that you want as a footballer. He's big, he's brave. As a centre-half, he's powerful. He wins all the headers. He throws bodies around like they're empty tracksuits. And more than anything, he's a lovely big man. He's a very friendly Just guy. Just got cult hero written he's, all over him. And the thing is, he loves bacon bread. He loves bacon bread as well. <laughs> and the thing is, with cult heroes, you always have that, that knowledge of, like, deep in my heart, I know that he's a bit shite. He's, he's not. not. He's just absolutely not. And you, every one of us will have had a, a player at their team who has played in, like, a, a premiership, an English premiership team as, like, a development level. And you've looked at them and gone, how in the name of Christ did you ever make it as a development player? Anyway, like what what do you possibly have that somebody looked at at the age of like twelve and you went, Oh actually you're a you're a footballer there. Keep Ray on the other hand. After about three games I fully understand why somebody looked at you and went, You might be a top flight centre half down in England, whatever else. He is gonna go for an absolute fortune relatively mm. for Motherwell. He is Fantastic! I love the guy to bits, and that's again. It's, it's, it's not. A, it's not a slight on any of the other players there. That's a very compelling argument, Graham. Um, I'm looking at the brothers across from me. Can, can either you guys uh, trump that? I mean, he's already bought bought me over. Not literally. He's not actually bribed me for this because that would be pathetic. It's, it's just some guys <laughs> chatting into a microphone here. Um, but for me, Cochrane and Campbell, for me, don't really qualify as discovery. Obviously, they fit the criteria, but they're both youth players. You that you've about you've heard well. the names yeah. being mentioned. You know. Here's a guy who's going to be a star in the future. Um, so for me, I ruled them out pretty much on that basis. Looking at Kipre and McKenna, I think that Kipre is the bigger shock, if you will, and therefore the bigger discovery because, as you say... Scott McKenna, sorry to interrupt you there, yeah. Gary. Scott McKenna had been playing. I'd seen him at Ayr and yeah. Aloha, and he looked a pretty handy player there. Yeah. And you think somebody needs to give him his chance in Aberdeen yeah. first team after a couple of games he'd just yeah. Whereas Kipre is one of those guys who just comes out the yeah. blue even though so like, I think, heard I think the other three is sort of like a, well... You know, not I told you so, but oh well. You know, you yeah, could have, you could have seen that yeah. happen. I'd also uh, like to highlight that Cedric Keeper has played in more cup finals this season than Scott McKenna will in his career. So yeah, <laughs> take that. Is his brother any good? His brother was saying Steve. To play. No, no. <laughs> this, this, this has been the if, if there was a, a, an award, if there was an award for the biggest con of the season. It's Steve Keeper going to Clyde because <laughs> see if you even look at him up. See, his, his other brother was also a footballer played in the US. And as soon as he mentioned he had another brother, went and found him on 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 the internet. You're just a regularly sized human being. And his <laughs> other brother Steve is also. But you look at him. So you've you've got three sons. I can't remember what the other guy's name is, but I'll call my second son Cedric, and my first son he'll call. I'll call him Steve. This is a this is an absolute nonsense. It's essentially keep these met somebody like you know be a laugh. Just say your name Steve. Keep them and see if we can get you a game. Uh, yeah, absolutely corner of the season. Greg, what about yourself? Who, who um, would you pick between the four players? I love Kipre. Um, a couple of things I wanted to add what Graham said. Um, was it the case that him and another centre-half were given yeah, uh, yeah. a half each in the game yeah, before they signed him? Yeah, we, we had... And him, you thought him. that the other guy was the favourite to be signed between yeah. the two. I can't remember who Bira, it was. Bira Dembele. Bira Dembele. I knew it was another guy. Yeah, sorry, right. Bira Dembele. Um, it's such a regen name, that. Oh, <laughs> unreal, isn't it? 
Um, and the other thing was I wanted to point out was the first game that he played for Motherwell, the first competitive game he played, they spelt his name wrong on the back of his shirt. Tipre. They call him Tipre. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> I actually want to vote for uh, Scott McKenna because his rise has been unbelievable. Um, he was uh, fourth, fifth choice centre yeah. half at the start of the season, and he's been better than a lot of more experienced campaigners this season. Uh, Reynolds has barely had a sniff this season. He's been better than O'Connor. O'Connor's uh, had his better play, uh, better games in Arneson's midfield. Arneson's gone to the World Cup. Arneson's gone to the World Cup and uh, basically hasn't uh, played because as much because of. Uh, McKenna and there's another one that I'm forgetting and not even just that but he didn't look out of place when he was called up for Scotland as well no. um, so I and, and he looks like as has been pointed out before he looks like he's eaten every other Aberdeen <laughs> youth player and we now have an answer to why Aberdeen don't play many youth players so I am going for McKenna so Kipre 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 so, well done, Cedric Kipre. You are the Discovery of the Year Award. Now, final award, number 11. We're going to do something a little daft. Um, we all like to rate the super hunks like Tom Cruise and Mel Gibson, but instead we're going to be looking at the gorgeous boys a little closer to home. This, this, these are the players who online losers would use the term man crush to describe. And these four nominees are Stuart Armstrong at Celtic, Ryan Edwards at Partick Thistle, Gordon Greer at Kilmarnock and his teammate Stephen O'Donnell. So, Craig, uh, you're the fanciest out of us. So, uh, those four guys, <laughs> who do you think is the most handsome player? I, mean, I, in the I don't get the appeal with Edwards. I have to say, I know some. Well, I know you know this was this was Chairman Fowler just wanting the hairy person. I know, yeah, this, I, I know that it's subjective. It Beauty is in the eye of the beholder and all that pish. But mm. I don't get the appeal with uh, Edwards. Sharp dresser, I'll give him that. He knows how to pull out some uh, threads. I don't think that's even an expression. But is, O'Donnell is a very handsome man. He is a very handsome man, but Stuart Armstrong, yeah. he's just the pinnacle of this. Yeah. You, can't, you cannot act. argue with Stuart Armstrong. He can play 90 minutes in the rain, and that hair still has that beautiful bounce to it as he runs. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, Stuart Armstrong. I'm really, Armstrong, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm, And I'm, he used to play for Dundee United, and that's saying something. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm able to set aside my bitter, <laughs> petty partisan loyalty. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Stuart Armstrong leaving Celtic so we can rename this the Stuart Armstrong Award because <laughs> yeah. Stuart Armstrong is undoubtedly the winner. Yeah, he's got lo- lovely hair. In um, five years' time, all the awards are just going to have names. I'm sure we've tried to name other ones yeah. in the past, and fellows rejected well, it because we should, this is the Stuart Armstrong Award. He's not here. This is the Stuart Armstrong Award. Yeah, so we'll. we'll, we'll we'd like to thank uh, we'd like to congratulate Stuart Armstrong on winning your eponymous award <laughs> uh, so congratulations you're a good looking guy and uh, please if you can tell me what you use in your hair uh, he did actually do an interview with Celtic TV I think so and, he, asked, yeah. and he, an, he announced what did he used say? the word announced I can't remember uh, he, did, he did say it but he was thing. saying he, he goes to a barbers that costs it's not like he goes to a, it's not like he goes to rainbow room yeah. he goes to a barbers that charges him 12 quid like, so that's it. it's basically Brilliant. just his natural hair that they tidy up it's great if you can find a hairdresser that you I go to hairdressers uh, every two weeks um, so I'm quite happy with mine but I've never been really recommended a product that'll give it as yeah. much pounds I used uh, sea salt in my hair once um, that was quite cool <laughs> I've had dust recommended to me. Dust, not household dust, but it's like L'Oreal dust. It's oh, like used in the fifties. Thatcher, <laughs> <laughs> rub a bit of Thatcher through it's your hair. Come full circle, isn't it? So, at what cost? <laughs> but at what cost? 
So that's good. We have come. We have come full circle. We are celebrating the death of an old woman. Um, I would like to. This is our last podcast. We're going to be doing it for a couple of months. So um, I'd like to take the there opportunity. There will be textures. I think though. Um, uh, weekly. This, I think, this summer there will be the Fast and the Furious textures. Right. It's going to happen. I'm just going to control and delete all the stuff that I've written down here. This was, this was like emotional. This is going to be like the final scene in Armageddon. But for a lot of listeners, it will be. So all right. Okay. Continue. Continue. Um, well, I would like to thank everyone who's listened to these podcasts over the last season. It's always tremendous fun to get together with the good brothers and chat about the beautiful and not so beautiful game <laughs> we all call football. And I think particularly satisfying. It's good to know that so many people seem to enjoy them as well. We've got a loyal following online, and hope that continues. I think you stick with us over the summer. There's bonus podcasts coming up. Um, so chip in your your two dollars, and I sound like the old Texas Fowler there. I'm not America's not a cool place, on, uh, <laughs> but chip in your two dollars, you get bonus Patreon material. But thank you very much for sticking with us. Um, I'd also like to thank Craig Cairns. Thank you, Graham Thewlis. I'm just going to go vaguely, very quickly off script, off script here as well, and highlight my absolute thanks to all the brothers in the podcast. As the last sort of twelve months of my life have been from beginning to end utterly ludicrous in terms of how things have gone on both a personal level and a professional level and that's very much down to the brothers here today as well very much the chairman Fowen and the, the, effort Aye, he, the effort that he puts that's in right. in um, order to in order to God, get the booze is really kicking in now eh? no it does because, because the amount of work that goes I've obviously I haven't done my own so brought back the, the Pele but not to unplug it or anything but I've brought back the Please Pele do. podcast uh, the amount of work that goes into it so to do four equivalent like four podcasts and get that done and, and be in charge of like 12, 12 rowdy boys and round them up man the guy but deserves the, the, the he picks up he picks up all up and it all goes to shit and there's nobody yeah. else to do it he's always the yeah, one the, that steps into the, the way even for me just entirely on a personal how things have changed for me over the last month is over the last year has almost entirely been down to the Terrace podcast and this is very much down to all the guys that do it and contribute their time and make it and also very much the listeners as well. So just a, a very yeah. genuine and heartfelt thank you from me here, to here. everybody here and the listeners as well for everything that's happened in the past year. It's been a nonsense. So follow that, much. Gary. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting married. <laughs> in the summer. All right. So that's that's something. You know, you know, it's like that in the Simpsons where he's wearing a where Kurt Van Hensley. I sleep in a race car bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary's like, I sleep with Molly every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that bombshell uh, thanks to Craig Graham and Gary uh, I've been Craig Telfer and have a wonderful summer and stay handsome enjoy your football thank you Joe. Sports Social Podcast Network